0: Bourbon beards and Belvedere's. I'm Adam, and I'm Paul, and I'm Jerry. Today, like always, we've got some more bourbon to drink, some more cigars to smoke, some more beard products to talk about. We're gonna tell you guys all about it. This is our Super Bowl special, so we're doing things a little differently today. We've got a, a showdown between two whiskeys. One is a bourbon. One is a rye. They they hail from the respective states of the two. Teams that are playing in the Super Bowl today, so we'll get to that in just a bit. As always, we're going to start with our palate warmer. What do you guys starting with? I'm starting off with a little go-to Jim
1: Beam Rye, 80-proof, found a local store by me that's got it for twenty nine ninety nine for a handle, which is hard to pass up. So it's, like I said, one of my go-tos, stands up pretty decent in a cocktail or old-fashioned at 80-proof, so that's where I'm going.
2: Uh as well pulled out a daily budget, friendly guy, early times bottled the bond. They just started popping up around me this year. You get it anywhere from like seventeen ninety nine up to, I think, 24 is the most expensive I've seen it for, for the leader. So yeah, that's
0: easy, on the show, all day, every day. I went with the Jim Beam Black. We've had it on the show before. It's definitely, you know, a favorite of mine. And you know, this particular bottle says that uh, it was the world's highest rated bourbon at the international wine of spirits competition. I've had this, this bottle sitting around, I've got so many bottles. It's hard for me to, to get back around to them. So sometimes I'll have bottles that I really, really enjoy that sit around forever, non age stated. I think it's generally believed to be somewhere between six and eight years, 86 proof. Delicious and going really well with this cigar, which I had no doubt about. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Super Bowl, guys. It's Super Bowl. I know none of our teams made it into the Super Bowl. Jerry's a Jaguars fan because he lives in Jacksonville. Bucks, Bucks fan, but I'll watch the Jags because I look here. Okay. Okay. My bad. They didn't make it either. <laughs> nope. I was a Panthers fan because he hates the Ravens. Uh, Not only did they not
2: not only did the Carolina not make the Super Bowl, I don't think they made this season. No. I don't think they started. It was it was practice season for us.
1: (laughs) If this if this was soccer, I think we'd be demoted down a league after last year. (laughs) However that works. So maybe Alabama would come up and Carolina (laughs) would have to play in college. I don't know. But yeah, hopefully a coaching change maybe some free agent additions. If we can convince people that we're going to get better and maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel, but I think I'm a few years away from
0: (laughs) being enthusiastic about my Panthers again. Yeah. and, And one of the benefits of living in Kentucky is, you know, I have the ability to bandwagon because we don't have our own professional team. Most of the people that I know around here are Bengals fans or Steelers fans. I did come up a Bengals fan. For a portion of my life, I used to go watch them have their training camp about 20 minutes from here in Georgetown, Kentucky. Switched to the 49ers in my teenage years. So today I'm on the 49ers bandwagon, but I'm a Bills fan. And they also are not in the Super Bowl. So got a, got a bandwagon today. Like like I said, I'm a 49ers fan today. I know, I know Paul said earlier that... He's, he's jumping on the 49ers bandwagon for, for this game. I'm willing to bet that Jerry probably will too. We, you know, we, we, we probably hate Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift more than we should. Cause let's be honest, Taylor Swift ain't doing shit. She's there cheering on her boyfriend, you know, they're happy together. We really shouldn't, I, I don't, it's, it's for me, it's not Taylor that bothers me. It's the cameraman constantly putting the camera on Taylor Swift. That's my problem.
2: Yeah, it's the NFL It's the NFL using her to make money.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the coverage. It's the spin. Shit, I just heard this morning that the game starts at 630 unless Taylor's running late. Um, <laughs> so you have to account for that, I guess, for your Super Bowl parties. But, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey's one of my favorite players. You know, we had him in Carolina for a number of years. I just like the story of Brock Purdy, you know, being yes. – Drafted Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the 2022 draft and yes. you know drafted as a third-string quarterback, and then now he's in the Super Bowl a year and a half later. I just like that story. Nick Bosa mm-hmm. is one of my favorite defensive players, so there's just more for me to root for. I really like Travis Kelsey. I like Andy Reid. Yep. You know, so I'm not going to hate on the Chiefs as much as Patrick Mahomes is annoying as shit and everything around him is, too. I think I'm going to be cheering for the 49ers, but I really just want to see a good game. I mean, mm-hmm. I just want to see... A bunch of points scored, and I want at least two of my Super Bowl squares to hit. I'm going to be rooting for that more so than the outcome of the game. I want some money.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> let's, let's not forget, speaking of Brock Purdy, kind of jumped from one spot to another and le- left out a little bit there in the middle. He was a third-string quarterback. Jimmy G got hurt. Brock Purdy stepped in, and he stepped into that role so well that they let Jimmy G go at the 49ers and gave that starting position to Brock Purdy. And then he and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and their defense, their entire defense, that, you know, not just one defensive player, clearly, because you don't, one defensive player does not a defense make. Although,
1: they, and they, they forget, don't forget, uh, don't forget uh, Brock Purdy took Trey Lance's job and sent him back into the Cowboys,
0: too. He did. That's right. He did. I'm just, I'm just glad to see what I'm, more than anything, what I'm going to be happy to see. Is that multi million dollar contract gets thrown down in front of Brian. I mean, I clearly I'm not gonna be there to see it and they're not gonna televise or anything like that, but it that will become public knowledge how much that contract is worth. Because right now the man lives with two of his defensive players in a apartment because he he's the lowest paid quarterback in the entire league. And even if he loses the Super Bowl today, he'll still get a massive contract. Still making a- and I couldn't be happier for the kid. So it's going to be really good to see. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's good. it's matched up to be a good game. I mean, two fantastic teams,
1: both sides of the ball, really. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, and I keep hearing a lot of people say it was a Super Bowl that nobody wanted, and to everybody that says that, fuck you, because your team might not have made it. Maybe you were dying to see, you know, the the, the Ravens and and the Lions, or or you know, fucking. Whoever, whoever you wanted to see, and and I was actually really, really pulling for the Lions to make it after the Bills were out because Dan Campbell's doing some great things in Detroit, and you know they've got some awesome players that I love. Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best defensive players that I've seen come along in a long time, and he's an absolute joy to watch. Amon Ross, Aiden Brown, also, you know he's he's a great offensive weapon. He's man, that kid is fast. There's a lot of really good stuff going on in Detroit and I'm really excited to see what happens. But you know, let's not forget, yes, these are grown men, they're professionals, you know, but some of them are kids. Yeah. And some of them may never get this chance again. You know, Brad Purdy could get, you know, have a have a career-ending in, injury next year and never get to play in the Super Bowl again. It, it easily any of them could. And you know, it's going to be a good game. I have no doubt. It's going to be a, a matchup that I think probably would have pulled in some major rank ratings had it just been a regular season matchup. So, you know, if this is the Super Bowl that nobody wanted for you, well, don't watch it, you know, or yeah. or do and and bitch about it, because that's probably what's going to happen. Let's be more realistic about it. You're going to watch it, even though you say it's not the Super Bowl you wanted. You're going to watch it anyway. You know, and, you know, as far as the, like I said about the Taylor Swift thing, that brings me back to another gripe. Yes, it gets on my nerves when they keep showing her over and over again. But what it does also is it makes football enjoyable to watch for little girls that like Taylor Swift. I have three daughters and they will actually stop for a minute and watch football with me where they normally wouldn't do that because Taylor Swift is going to be, or my wife, she'll actually pay attention. She's not a fan of football at all. But there's a lot going on in this Super Bowl that people are griping about. You know, maybe maybe you need to stop and take a look at your own life and find find a reason to be happy because if the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift are really ruining your life to that degree, you know, some shit sucks for you. Figure it out.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, two of the best teams in the NFL made it to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. And that's how it should be. That's right. Uh, yeah, I was... Re- you know, obviously, like I said, the Panthers took a year off this year, but I was kind of rooting for the Browns with, you know, Mr. Comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco or Detroit or somebody like that, kind of Cinderella story to make Man, it. And that would have been awesome. It would have been it would have been cool. It would have been, you know, better stories and coverage leading up to it than hey, the two best teams in the NFL made it to the Super Bowl. But that's what it's for. It should be the two best teams to make it. You know, it's fun when that team that's like, you know, the sixth seed or something like that makes it. But these two teams were the cream of the crop, they got there for a reason. Yeah, like I said, I'm just looking looking for a good game. And a fun, fun little thing here is the odds on the color of the Gatorade bass. Got any got any guesses? Uh, I would have never. It's a little strange one this year, I think. But the
0: odds on favorite, what color Gatorade do you think it's going to be? If it's not red, then I don't have a guess because I don't see how it can be anything but. It's purple. Odds on favorite in Vegas
1: is purple Gatorade at plus 225 and blue is plus 275. Then yellow, green, pink, or red go to plus four fifty. So, oh,
0: fuck, that's double. a thing you
1: can bet on. Oh yeah, you can. Bet oh on. yeah, you can bet on anything, man. Jesus. You on, you, it's the you, first team to call sure. out
2: the coin. I'm call sure you, you can. Yeah, I I know I've bet on it before. It was years ago. I'm sure it's still around. The length of, of the national anthem, plus yeah. or minus three minutes or whatever. Let me see if I have those odds. I'm sure it's out here. Oh my god, Travis but, yeah, I line wanna... is at
1: eleven receptions. Okay. I want to say a couple
2: of years ago they they were oh well, it's not really a study but they've basically came out and said that Gatorade colors don't necessarily match the team it's just whatever the
0: team likes to drink so well, that makes You have to watch I think the red would be the 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 that's always been my favorite color Gatorade oh that was my least favorite really was, yeah. red and yellow have always been my favorite my favorite
2: yellow Gatorade yellow and light blue yellow and light blue so well,
0: when, I grew up in a time when the light blue, what that, that wasn't a like when I was drinking Gatorade heavily when I was playing baseball. I don't remember I light see, blue being an actual color. I, I, I think that's why
2: my generation likes it because I think we came out right as that was coming out. So they forced it down our throat.
1: I think. So that means that because the Niners are two point favorites, so that means the Niners go with Gatorade with purple Gatorade, and the Kansas City goes with blue because they're just slightly less of a favorite. That's probably what that means then. There's no chance. I,
0: I can't see there being a chance in hell that the 49ers pick Purple Gatorade to drink. I don't right. know. It's the odds on favorite. And I got the uh, Reba McIntyre singing what? the
1: national anthem, and the over under is 90.5 seconds. So a minute yeah. and 30 and a half <laughs> seconds.
0: <is laughs> that gone. sounds about right. I mean, she, she'll throw in a couple extra notes and a couple extra inflections, but she won't drag it out. You know, of course. You have,
1: you have a bunch of people on here that have gone back and watched YouTube of her singing it before and have timed it
2: and are doing research on it and they say the under is going to hit. So, I was just about to say, go on YouTube, watch old videos of both teams and see yeah. what color Gatorade they've been drinking. Yep, so do with that
1: information, which you will, but we'll see. I mean, this will obviously be listened to after the Super Bowl's come and gone, but we'll see if the anthem is under and Gatorade's purple. We should have been betting.
0: I mean, I, I might have to bet on it anyway, just, you know, I, I can't really, something that 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 easy to bet on, I mean, I'd imagine it would be pretty easy to make some, some decent money on something that simple, but. Yeah, I mean, they're just, a lot of these are
1: just coin flip bets, like literally, I mean, the coin flip you can bet mm-hmm. on has even odds on either side, obviously, because it's a coin flip, but um, <laughs> you can bet on that, just, you know, you
0: can bet, you can bet on anything. They they don't make it easy to not be a gambling addict on those fucking things, do they? (laughs) I rarely log into them because I mean I don't I don't necessarily have a I've had I've had two addictions in my life, and I beat them both. So I I can't say that I don't have an addictive personality, but at the same time, if my personality was, you know, if I had that much of an addictive personality, I would be an alcoholic, and I've got enough bottles in my house to prove that enough full bottles in my house to prove that I am not an alcoholic. I've had several recovering alcoholics walk into my house and say, I can tell you're not an alcoholic because all these bottles have looked <laughs> I have, I have a lot that are open cause I, you know, I do drink it, but I don't drink it like that. So, you know, I it, it, you know, if anybody can, if anybody makes a lot of money on, on the coin flip hats off to you.
1: Well, here's here's the money maker: is put a hundred bucks on if the opening kickoff is returned for a touchdown and turns you five grand.
0: That's damn near impossible. Those two (laughs) defenses
1: are not going to let that happen. Neither one of them. But if you vote, if you bet a hundred bucks the other way and it doesn't hit, you only win five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're more likely to win five bucks on that one than you are five grand. (laughs) I think so too. I I think the bet is the the first kickoff is a touchback that's that 100 and it's minus 360 that's your bet right there <laughs> he just kicks it through the through the uprights on the f- opening kick because everybody's all amped he's gonna kick that ball into the first row <laughs> jesus all right well guys. that being said we've got a little fun thing planned today for this one we have some uh some whiskeys they're both sourced but we're trying to put a little taste test up with two whiskeys from the states of the two starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl this year where they went to college. Mr. Brock Purdy went to Iowa State University, so we've chosen Templeton Rye to be as the the Brock Purdy whiskey for today and Patrick Trash Mahomes went to Texas Tech. <laughs> so we picked an Oak and Eden product. It's the Four Grain from them which is out of Bridgeport, Texas. Both of these are sourced from MGP, so kind of level playing field on that. But, yeah, they're completely different whiskeys, obviously, but we just figured you know, be a little fun thing to do is put two whiskeys up against each other. We'll do some tasting notes and see which one we we choose out of the two that we would prefer to drink, and that'll be our Super Bowl prediction for each of us, I think. And, That's,
2: right. Uh, That's right. Hold us to it. All right. Yeah, the Oak and, Eden, Oak and Eden's coming in, 90 proof fifty five percent corn eighteen or i twenty two wheat and five malted barley from I think this actually says Lawrenceburg, Indiana, also known as MgP. It's about fifty bucks, give or take, a few dollars, no age statement. And the spire inside it is an American oak spire with a medium toast. And then with the Templeton, I think we all have three different ones. So that's cool. I have the templeton. I have the Templeton six year about 45 bucks coming in 91.5 proof, 6 years old obviously, and they're all 955 from MGP. So, two different MGP products, one from Texas, one from
1: Iowa. Yep, and I had the uh Templeton 4 year, which is once again 955 MGP, this coming in at 80 proof. It's so a little lower proof and yeah, well uh just to note Templeton is within the next year or two, they plan to be releasing their own age distillate. They're already laying stuff down right now. So I like what they're putting in the bottle already. So good things for them to come, hopefully.
0: Yeah, and I have the tem- pardon me, the Templeton 10-year. And we had a little discussion about how much that cost earlier. And when I think back on it, I think that I got this for about 60 bucks. I know one of the guys earlier said that... They saw it for a hundred. I'm looking on shared pour right now, and you can get it for seventy bucks on there. I think that's more in the the standard retail price for that particular bottle. So on my left, I have Templeton on my right. I have the Oak and Eden How do we want to start, fellas? Which one do we want to start with? No't matter to me.
1: It doesn't matter to me. Let's uh let's start with the underdogs. Kansas City. Oaken Eden. Two-point two point underdogs going Eden. into this one. That would be the Oaken Eden, which I'd like to do these blind, but there ain't no way. I mean, the color uh, and the style are completely different. So not really much to do blind, so we'll try to take all bias out of this. And, the um, the
2: nose on both of them are completely different. You can
1: completely pick different. out this
2: Oak and Eden. Yeah, two different styles of whiskey. For me,
1: it's two different proofs. I think, Jerry, your proofs are on point, but Adam, you got two different yeah. proofs also.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got, well, 90, and then this 10-year is, shit, I can't see it. Did did you get that mash
1: bill on the Oak and Eden, Jerry?
0: 55
2: corn, 18 rye, 22 wheat, 5 malted barley. Yeah, so pretty interesting
1: four-grain mash bill. Yeah. Oak and Eden, for those who don't know, do the in-bottle finishing. They have the spire, then they do different things with their spire. They either flavor it, they toast it, they char it, they torch it. This one is uh, torched and it's put into the mgp4 grain whiskey and it definitely imparts a whole lot of color so
0: see the taste it's got a beautiful nose right off the bat it's i mean it's complex i'm getting tea i'm getting orange i'm getting savory notes i'm getting a little bit of cherry i'm getting some oak i'm getting some leather it's complex nose i definitely get that
1: that yeah. char or that smokiness but there's a, it,
2: it's almost like a campfire char, yeah, like smoke yeah,
0: yeah but it's sweet too it's like a like a burnt marshmallow yeah. or something like that 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 too yeah it's funny that you said marshmallow because as you said marshmallow that's what i was tasting that marshmallow really carries through on the palate for me yeah
1: that that spire that torch comes through it's like a char mm-hmm. you're, you're really tasting yeah. that that char but yeah it's like a for me it's like there's a baking spices it's almost like a like a cinnamon toast crunch or a french toast French toast that's more on line with what I'm gonna say there, there's like a ginger in there I was getting like a ginger spice there's definitely that orange that citrus almost like an orange yeah. peel more than a juicy like kind of orange flavor Yeah,
0: this is delicious.
2: It, this is a, a like a a pour that I've never tr- like had before it starts out nice and light kind of like how a, a wheater weeded bourbon or a wheat whiskey would would f- basically taste and then it just completely transformed into this like rye spice bomb in the back end yep. and as a, during the finish so it's basically like two, it, to me it's like two whiskeys in one mm-hmm. but yeah that that smoky campfire s'more marshmallow note is right in there throughout the whole thing nice citrus, more of an orange citrus for me Now, then you get a bunch of that vanilla and caramel but that's probably coming from the Oak, just like a barrel or whatever yeah it's got a good um, finish
1: it's definitely that that ginger yeah. that one of you guys pointed out that's that's prevalent on the finish for me and there's like a little bit of allspice and sweetness it's got a nice nice finish i mean this is this is pretty damn good this is going to be hard to beat i haven't had many oak and eden products when they first came out i kind of thought the spiral was kind of gimmicky so i kind of shied away from it but after having some samples and stuff i picked up a few bottles i remember i had the fired french oak wheat yeah that french oak one is good that's freaking fantastic i they do have a maple oak in the wheat i want to say and i haven't had that but that sounds awesome so i mean a lot of stuff they're doing with the with these different spires and these different mash bills from mgp i mean good for them i mean it's awesome i'm a big fan and I'm, you know growing more and more of a fan
2: each each time i taste a different product so yeah and not only do they have these what they call the the finished whiskey line which is like this torched oak or like the the french oak version but they also have what they have what they call the finish their finished whiskey or something or not finished that's what we're infused whiskey that's what it is and that's where you're getting like they have a rye and raspberry the rye and maple or the four grain and maple they have a Ah, uh, honey one, the rum one, uh, one of her bottle shares last couple months, someone brought out a amberana one. and the only one that I wasn't too big of a fan of, which I probably should go back to it and try it, was like their original just Urban inspire or whatever it's called. It just kind of it might have been me just thinking this is a gimmick, this shit product, but everything else I've tried after that, I've liked. so now I have to go back and revisit that. I think it's called the bourbon inspire, whatever their original product was. And, but everything I've tried has been pretty damn good. Yeah. And I tell you what, it, it complements
1: the hell out of this cigar or vice versa with that, that little bit of smokiness off the whiskey. I mean, it's, it's pairs very nicely into the cigar that we'll talk about here in a few.
0: I haven't gotten into this bottle in quite a while and <clears throat> I know I've always enjoyed it, but now that I'm back into it for this episode, it's, it's, it's really, really good. And that finish really, I mean, it hangs around for a lot longer than you would expect a 90 proof whiskey to actually hang around like that. It's, I mean, it's it's a damn good whiskey. And like you said, it's going to be hard to beat, but we've also got a 95.5 MGP rye sitting there staring us in the face. So, yep. which I'm
1: normally a very big fan of that Nashville coming out of Indiana. So, yeah, let's move on and see if Brock Purdy can throw a last. Fourth, late fourth quarter touchdown and take this thing. All right. I'm going to rinse my mouth out and reset my palate. So for me, I'm working with the Templeton Rye four year 80 proof 95.5 MGP. I get it's a sweet rye nose. I get a lot of vanilla along with that traditional 95.5, just that standard MV- MGP. Pick it out of a blind. It's got its own stamp on you know, the the flavor profile and the nose on that 95.5. But there's like a little bit of cinnamon, vanilla. It's light. I mean, it's 80 proof, so it's light on the nose. So what do you guys think? I'm going to get into the taste.
2: you on it. With this six year, right off the bat, we had it in another 95.5 that we, we had on the show a while back. I'm getting that bubblegum note to it. A little bit of like a, a lemon lime on this one. Kind of like what uh, what you would think the, the syrup of a Sprite or something would. That's what it reminds me of. The syrup in the bag. If you ever worked in a concession stand or in a restaurant or something, probably know what I'm talking about. Some florals. And then I'm getting, which I kind of like. I don't think I've seen it too many other Is There's like a sour apple note to the nose. Kind of like a sour apple candy or Jolly Rancher or something like that. But yeah. Even the six year being 91.5 proof, it's, it's definitely a light
0: nose for a lot lighter than I thought it would be. So mine, I got the 10 year coming in at 104 proof bottle kill, by the way. So it's a, it's a lot lighter than you would expect on the nose for 104 proof whiskey. It's, there is definitely some, some citrus in there. And I mean, it's very rye-forward. You can definitely tell it's a ninety-five-five rye. There's, again, some savory notes to it. I'd get, i definitely get some candy, but I can't place my, my finger on what candy. Maybe almost like a houndstooth candy. Have you guys ever had that? No? It's, it's a licorice type of candy. It is, I'm sorry, not houndstooth, whorehound, whorehound candy you guys ever okay. had whorehound candy mm-hmm. that's kind of what i'm getting on the nose anyway some maple some leather and char this is one of the favorite one of my favorite rides that i picked up in the last year or so and probably the 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 ride that i've drank the fastest the whole damn bottle has gone like i said bottle kill so i'm ready to dive in if you guys are
1: yeah so i'm already into it it's I haven't had Templeton in a while, admittedly. So this on the palate for me, it's, I mean, it's just easy drinking. I mean, super light, but there's such a sweetness to it. It's that bubblegum flavor comes through. Definitely. There's a honey. The rye is there, but it's really muted for me. It's not that, you know, 95.5 traditional rye profile, but fantastic on, I mean, I get a little bit of mint even which I love picking up mint and rye. It's a sh- kind of a short finish, a little bit of peppery and honey on the finish that carries through. Definitely a shorter finish than the Oak and Eden, but it's one of the sweeter ryes I've had in a while. And it's like a sugary sweetness, not like a caramel sweetness. So
2: I do really like that. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. What do you guys think? Yeah, that like you said, that bubble gum comes through with this six year. More so on the chew than anything else. I wrote it down while you were doing it, so I wouldn't forget now we've lost my spot. But yeah. Some of that floralness comes through. I get a bit of a like a, a bold rye spice towards the end. You get all that typical vanilla floral, a little bit of honey there towards the end, and then you get the pepper finish. This one actually has a decent finish to it. Nothing too crazy, but for a ninety proof, ninety one proof. Lingers around for a while. It's on, like, the back of the tongue, and weirdly enough, between the gums and your, your lip. It's just, like, underneath there. Yeah. This is, I, it's, it's been a good while since I've had a Templeton. So, glad we decided to do this one, because this is a good pour.
0: It is. And one thing that I really like about it, a lot of people don't like a, a super rye forward rye whiskey. Me, I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of bold flavors, so... The rarest steak that you can give me, the darkest cigar that you can give me, foolproof whiskeys, dark coffee, that kind of thing. I love a very, very rye forward rye whiskey. And this one is, it. it's, it's, I, I think this is a good compromise for folks who don't like a rye forward whiskey and those who do. There's definitely a lot of honey notes. There's definitely a lot of bubble gum in there. This is that I'm, I'm probably hitting some of those notes harder than you guys are just because the proof is higher on this one, but the, these guys are making some damn good whiskey and I bought this at my brother's suggestion because he's a very big Templeton rye fan and rightly so, because this is a damn good whiskey. I saved a little bit of the Oak and Eden. I still got some of this Templeton to drink and. I've been trying to work through it with this cigar and 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 it really is doing this cigar a lot of justice or the cigar is doing this Templeton a lot of justice. But I made sure to save enough of the, the Oak and Eden so that I can, without cleansing my palate, go back and forth between the two a couple times just to get a true read on it right now. I'm going to be honest, I'm torn. It's, it's hard yeah. it's for me to pick one over the other. <clears throat> and I might be... If one, if they were both rise or they were both four grains and, and I got to say about this and Eden, I'm, I'm typically not a four grain drinker. That's one of the best four grains that I've ever had in my life. And that's a damn good rye. I wouldn't say it's one of the best, but it's definitely top 10. It's really, really hard for me to decide right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll go back and forth and figure that out. Jerry, what were you gonna say? Yeah. I was gonna say right now, before getting into the cigar
2: pairing just straight oak and eden versus the templeton it's real close templeton has a great taste profile and everything through what i'm a little not as much as i look for on a eye but that floral that honey that rye spice and the more i got into it after when you were talking about 10 year i started getting a little bit of that mint and a little bit of dill towards the back end <laughs> which i real like but the mouthfeel wasn't really there this oak and eden the mouthfeel was crazy it's complex all around, but as it's being complex, the f- the notes are, aren't as, are as crazy, aren't as bold as they are with Templeton, so it's a close one. I'm curious to see how this cigar works with both of these and see which one comes out on top.
1: Yeah, if you got somebody that doesn't like rye or thinks they don't like rye whiskey, this is a gateway rye, in my mind. For um... well, sure. It's because of the sweetness notes that kind of complement themselves with that rye green. So, yeah, you have anybody out there that's like, oh, I'm not a, a rye fan, I think Templeton, the one I'm drinking specifically, I can't attest to the six or ten year because I'm drinking four year right now, but this is a fantastic gateway rye to have somebody. Here, try this bourbon. Don't tell them it's a rye and see what they think. But, yeah, I'm just going to echo what you guys are saying, that it's, it's close. I mean, I think the nose and the finish for the Oak and Eden are the winners for me the palette is templeton for me right now so it's yeah i'm a split decision as of this point so i'm gonna go back and forth a couple times with this cigar i know i said earlier the the oak and eden paired perfectly with the cigar, nice pairing there's a contrast with the cigar and the templeton because of the higher sweetness which i really like as well so it's going to be a tough one um see which one i'm going to Proclaimed the forecasted winner of.
0: Yeah. And, and so one thing, as far as, you know, a gateway to rye whiskey, for those who might be listening that, that say they're not rye fans, reach out to us because we can point you in the direction that might change your mind. You're really doing yourself a disservice to not try it. A a lot of folks like myself love the history of whiskey in this country because the history of whiskey in this country is the history of this country. And with that being said, rye whiskey was where it started. We had rye whiskey in this country before we had bourbon. Years and years before we had bourbon. And rye whiskey is, there There are some, there's some out there that are not not great. There's some out there that are fantastic, but the same could be said for bourbon. But the really great rye whiskeys they they open your 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 mind to what real what what can really what can really be achieved with a rye. with because they're they're fantastic they're absolutely incredible so reach out to us because we can point you in that direction I can I can tell you two right now right off my right off the top of my head the Templeton that we've been talking about and the Old Forrester rye. try those out because the Old Forrester rye, is that's what got me into rye whisk. I was not a rye fan until I had the Old Forrester and that is an incredible whiskey in general not just a rye whiskey that is an old forester can do no wrong by me so i'm I'm biased but to to be sure but that old forester rye is incredible it's really good yeah the old forester is i mean i think i compare
1: that a little bit more to this templeton because i i find a lot of sweetness in the old forester while turkey makes a fantastic introductory rye the one mm-hmm. i started with jim beam that's a, a great low rye i think i mean it's undisclosed the Mashville, but it's thought to be about 51% rye so it's a low rye there's a lot of bottles on the shelf that got grain labels on them that you know you can open some people's eyes with that think they don't like rye because they might have had you know 100 100%, 100% rye that was punch you in the face or something at one point in time and they don't think they like that grain but there's too many good rye whiskeys out there for somebody to just kind of completely eliminate that category from what they want to try so yeah, this is a good one. But I think at this point, we should probably jump into telling everybody what we're smoking as we go back and forth with these final judging with the cigar pairing on what we think is going to win out Okaneden over Templeton. So, um Absolutely. We are smoking the Mayorga Gordito Torpedo from J.R. Scars. Mayorga is a brand that was started in 1995 by the Mayorga Brothers. I believe out of DC, right by me, actually. I think they went to Georgetown University and started it when they were like just coming out of college. They sold the brand to another company partnered with JR Cigars. So pretty much JR Cigars owns the brand essentially now. This is a five inch, 54 ring gauge, the wrappers Nicaragua, binders Nicaragua, fillers Nicaragua, out of Segovia Cigars is the factory. Really budget cigar. I think right now you can go on Jarrah Cigars and get a five-pack for $9, which is insane. I mean, it's well-constructed cigar. I had a great burn line going for the first third and then started to get a little wonky. could have been on me neglecting it because we were going back and forth with two whiskeys. Had to touch it up a little bit, but it's got a great draw. A lot of the reviews online that I was looking at said that it was coming out bitter in the first third. I didn't get that at all. I get lots of good woodsy, earthy flavors. Little cocoa pairs well with the Oaken because of the, the toasty porched profile of the Oaken It definitely contrasts well with the sweetness of the Templeton. I'm into the second, third now. One thing I know noticed that the draw is great. I mean, I like the flavors on it, but the exhale, the smoke, if I smell the smoke, after I exhale, such a su- it's a whole different note. It's like a sweet woodsiness to the exhale. So anybody that wouldn't be smoking a cigar that's sitting next to me would probably really like this. The smoke has such a, a sweet profile that I don't really get on the, from the cigar, but the smoke is sweet. That's kind of weird to say. Maybe I don't know, but that's just kind of what I've got so far. But I'm enjoying this cigar for you know under two dollar cigar. This is this is great so far. What do you
2: guys think? Yeah. For uh, a cheap budget cigar, it's great. There's some leather. There's some earthiness in there, a little bit of nuttiness. But there's really not much else to it. I guess some people would call it one-dimensional or whatever. But me and Adam were talking before we started. Before we started. And hold on, my dog's going to eat Got some dogs barking in the background, huh? Yeah, it was my dog going crazy. Name? But yeah, before recording, like I was smelling the cigar after I cut it, and I was getting like cocoa powder and like heavy cocoa mocha style. So I was like, oh, this hoping to get some of those notes into it. Really, not much there. But for th- under five dollars a cigar, you you smoke half of it, you throw it away. You're not gonna you're not gonna be mad or anything like that. With the Oak and Eden. I think it ramps up that smokiness, the torch part of it with the Templeton. It actually, I think makes it a little bit sweeter for me and brings out a little bit more of that floral rye sweetness that I'm kind of liking. Yeah. Still, still torn between them, but it's going well, both, both drinks. Yeah. Yeah. It goes well in different ways for me, like you were saying, but for
1: a budget cigar, you know, a little short, you know probably hour long smoke it's gonna end up being this is, I mean this is great and Jerry said you can pick up like a a wooden box of twenty on JR cigars for eighty bucks. What
2: was that, like uh, that? right here four and three quarters by fifty a Robusto a cedar box of twenty for seventy seven ninety nine on JR cigars right now.
1: Yeah I mean any cigar you can get for four or five bucks is I mean great cigars thrown to throw your humidor for those you know quick smokes you don't want to you know you don't have a lot of time that kind of thing but yeah this isn't too complex but it's there's nothing that i can say bad about this cigar right now you know it's not crazy i'm not gonna put it on one of my you know best cigars i've ever smoked list but there's no. nothing i can say bad about it so for that price i mean this is i'm gonna
2: be buying a few more of these definitely yeah the burn line started going a little wonky there Right about the end of the first third, and then caught up. It's still a little wavy, but it, it's, it's for the most part even. I've had to relight it once, but that was just because I put it down to do the initial side by side between these two whiskeys, lit it up after we were done. Yeah, constructed real well. Yeah, I got nothing, nothing bad other than there's really not much to the flavor, but then again, it is a, a under $5 cigar. So you're, you don't really expect all those flavors to come out like you would with some of the cigars we've had on here that were going for 12 plus dollars a stick so but yeah solid little budget
0: guy yeah so one of the things that i have really enjoyed about this and i mentioned this earlier when i hold it between my teeth it reminds me of biting into a cosmic brownie that you know those those super dense brownies with the 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 sprinkles and and then they have the the ones that they're they're the same kind of brownie without the 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 multicolored sprinkles on top of them whatever and i love those i i mean you know i grew up poor as shit so when you're poor you find you find the the happiness in life where you can find it i loved those brownies and i still do to this day i shouldn't they're terrible for you but they're <laughs> delicious they're absolutely delicious and that's what i get from this i get Woodsy and earthy notes from the draw, some some dark chocolate, a little bit of coffee. It's burning really well. I've had no issues with the burn line whatsoever. I have had to relight it, but that was my fault for letting it go out. But otherwise, if you look at the burn line on my cigar, I mean it's pretty fucking even the whole way around this time, bitch. My my only issue with it is that it's a, a box press and historically I'm not a fan of the box press. But that doesn't Really take away from the cigar at all? That's just the way that it is. They have versions of the cigar that are not box pressed. So for a budget cigar, for for not even a budget cigar, just for a cigar in general, this is one that I would recommend to my cigar smoking friends. It's it's a it's a it's a nice little cigar. The damn thing has lasted. What time is it now? It is currently three fifty five. I I lit this damn thing at. Two thirty or so so it's been going for almost an hour and a half and it's uh what five inches five length? inches yeah so it's, I mean and it's a ring gauge of 45 54 54 okay I mean it's not a huge cigar but no. it's not it's not extra small and I did cut a little bit off the back end so that I could open it up but that's not going to affect how long it burns you know it's off the back end not the front still it's a nice little cigar I think one of y'all mentioned the the cost of five of these on jr cigars you know right now it's fucking you know nine dollars for a pack of five of them well worth it well worth that price you know a box of them i think jerry looked it up earlier a cedar chest of like 20 plus is what's like 78 bucks or some shit like that yeah uh, i'd for, i'd
1: forego that cedar chest and just get Four or five packs for yeah. 35, 40
0: bucks. Well, I'm the type I will buy a chest of cigars just to have the fucking box. I have been enamored with cigar boxes since I was, you know, young and doing stupid shit. I used to like to keep all my, all my weed paraphernalia in cigar boxes when I was a kid. And, you know, I don't, I don't really partake in the ganja anymore, but I, uh, you know, I, I still have that that little what was the word i'm looking for i I still like cigar boxes anyway this is a nice little cigar it's it's great i mean and it's really going well with these whiskeys and i have been going back and forth you know to lead us back to the back and forth like we said we were going to do and I, i can't lie